Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, yeah, that's me. And uh, just a warning, they are going to do the <coughs> alarm, fire alarm test today. Hello, when did this croaky voice happen? <coughs> so uh, get ready. We'll have to pause when it happens. I really think we should... Uh, we should play the audio of Susan's dog from yesterday and suggest that they use that instead. It's, a, it's, it's every bit as ear-piercing and attention-getting, and, uh, and yet you find it somehow delightful. So I'm just saying no reason why an alarm has to be, you know, alarming. God, well, anyway, so it's going to happen. Damn it. Come on, guys. Yeah, Ernie is much better. Ernie. We want Ernie. We want Ernie. We want Ernie. Ernie. Ernie! Uh, ah, Come on already, we got it! no idea how loud that is when I took my it's unbelievable man all right well hello welcome to another day this one being October 3rd 2018 Dear God, what did I do to offend you? Why? <laughs> Who the hell is running this thing? Honest to Pete, enough. You know... literally thousands of people in this building, I believe, right? Yeah. Do you know how many thousands of people have just been, I mean, are... You know, it would be ironic if there was ever a fire in this building and thousands of people died. <laughs> but we always torture now those now dead people with a monthly interminable... Uh, test of our 
ear-splitting siren. It's just amazing. How ironic that they would die like this. God. I swear, it gave me a headache. Yeah. All right, anybody still there? What an intrepid crew you are. Oh. <laughs> well. Kurt has written, leave the howling to Ernie. <laughs> but you can regale us with a rendition of Boobs Hang Low anytime. Oh, man, that's been a long time. That's been ages. You like that? I'm not going to take the bait. Do your... No. Boobs hang low, do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? Can you throw them over your shoulder like a continental soldier? Do your boobs hang low? Ah, uh, something tells me uh, none of us want to start talking about what the news. I don't. Let's instead start with this startling news. Where did I see this? It was too funny. Um... More than 250 people have died taking selfies, according to <laughs> according to a uh, researchers. Uh, yeah, uh, they say uh, they die mostly of drowning and then of falling from high, <laughs> going over tall buildings, uh, dropping into gorges and. Uh, such stuff. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I think that's one of those, uh, you know, Darwinian kinds of things where you say, you know, if you're that, wasn't meant to procreate. I mean, sorry, that's a, if that's stupid. But, and the thing is, most of these people are young. Yeah, idiots. Too bad. Too bad. Okay. Um, Oh, I can't even bear it. I uh, uh, missed uh, our president um, ridiculing a sexual abuse survivor yesterday. And I found that in um, much of the commentary I'm seeing about his disgusting performance, uh, why was it in Mississippi? The people are no longer appalled by him, what he says, what he does. But we're still capable of being appalled by our fellow Americans, by the people in attendance who laugh and egg him on and uh, enjoy the humiliation of a of a woman it really um and women among them <sighs> so i spent um <coughs> some time last night at a friend's uh behest uh, doing something you know she she had said 
I just can't sit around anymore and feel this anger, and and, and I, I just have to do something. And she came up with an idea, and I signed on. And uh, I must say that it was wonderful to do something. Now, what we did is uh, she happens to uh, live over an art gallery that fronts on uh, Ellsworth Avenue in Shadyside and has, you know, just a whole big four huge panes of window. Um, she said she wanted to put up something in the window uh, about voting. She said that in the um, that she had found in the uh, in the gallery's you know huge trove of art, she had found this huge portrait of Mary Todd Lincoln, and she said, "I'd like to incorporate that." And uh, so what? She had already managed to put Mary Todd Lincoln's portrait up, which took up about a f quarter of the of the window, and under it she had uh, designed a uh, placard, which uh, said Mary Todd Lincoln says, what was it? Something like make honest Abe proud and vote something something like that but anyway. what we decided we would do that there were six of us six women uh ages 30s to 70s and uh we decided to take a huge block of uh poster board which would almost fill one of the panes of window and write something on it and we trolled around looking for just the right thing we thought short and sweet so that motorists driving by would see it and um, and then we also thought we could do smaller little things in another window for uh, pedestrians to see so all we did was and I mean I'm the most artistic human being in the world and they all said they were too so we did pick a <laughs> something to say and then um, I sort of put it out on pencil on this thing and then we painted it in all of us taking turns so it doesn't look professional at all it's a mess it's a wonderful mess made by angry women of spanning four decades and what it says is grab um grab em by the midterms that's what it says. In other words, vote. Grab them by the midterms. Okay? That action of putting that up and uh, doing it 
and then putting it up, hanging it in the window. And as we were hanging it, a car, and this was, it was dark at that point, it was last night, a car slowed, stopped, took a picture of it. It hadn't been up for a minute. And a car stopped and took a picture. And then the woman who took the picture went like this, honked her horn, and drove on. And we felt so, yes, yes, good. Wasn't much, but I'm just saying. <laughs> a little thing like that can make you feel like you've done something and can continue to push that we have to vote, 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 vote. Simple as that. One of the women there had just registered. There, and I, I want to say that these women were not a political group. They are professional women. One's a small business owner. Um, they are, uh, I don't think of, the, you know, I have a lot of political friends. They ain't my political friends. Another former uh, flight attendant. Uh, so, I'm telling you, they're politicized, and they felt great. So, a sure way to feel better um, <laughs> is don't agonize. Do something! Okay? Made my night. Aaron writes, Lynn howls like a dog and then sings boobs hang low with sirens. This is something we've not seen before. Wednesday's gotten a little bit better. Thanks. Well, geez, I didn't know you guys were so easy to please. Okay. So. The New York Times. You see, this is what newspapers can do that nobody else can do. A newspaper this big can do. It can allow three major reporters and God knows how much support staff to literally spend over a year chasing down one story with care with total care and I, I want to note something that one of the authors uh, said in a little side piece they did about the process and how they did it but he said this one of the big themes of this story is this one little 
alleyway that we wandered down and all that it sort of revealed to us shows how little we actually know about the president's financial history. So this big splash of a story that took up a huge part of today's New York Times, the main reporter on it is saying he calling it he's calling it just one little alley that they have mined. Uh, this little alley that they mine completely blows up and with facts uh, Donald Trump's creation story turns out like so many creation stories it is mythology pure mythology and it's a story he's told so many times and it is what you hear a lot of people who voted for him uh, reference when asked why they voted for him. Well, he's such a successful businessman. I mean, any guy who knows how to do what he did would make a good president. That's what they said. It turns out that what he did over the course of the years is bankrupt all kinds of companies, almost bankrupted himself in the 90s, and if it were not for his daddy, yet again jumping in with tens of millions of dollars to bail him out and pull him off the cliff, we wouldn't even know his name today. So this guy, Donald Trump, who has actually demeaned his father's uh, his father's success, owes everything he has to that man's success. I think what Trump didn't like about his dad is that his father didn't live rich. He was rich, but he didn't live it. The house Trump grew up in was not some huge... His father was worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and he didn't live in some huge house. A nice house, but didn't look any different than the one next door and right next door to that one. He didn't drive around in flashy cars. He didn't spend much money on anything. And he didn't live in Manhattan. And so Donald always felt sort of ashamed, ashamed of his father's success. His father did not flaunt it. I uh, am not done reading every word in this piece. I think it would not be a bad idea to do so. It is 
extremely long. Um, I wanted to point out just a few little things that jumped out at me. Here is the first main the first main page of it after the jump from the uh, front. That's his dad, of course. Uh, and right at the beginning of the piece, the New York Times puts out uh, very starkly, and clearly they then have the evidence to back up what they say, which is that Trump participated in dubious tax schemes during the 90s, including instances of outright fraud. Um, they also say he has long insisted that his father, Fred C. Trump, provided almost no financial help. Now, of course, we are not surprised to learn that Donald Trump is lying, is lying. Big, big whopper of a lie. The Times investigation, based on tax returns and financial records, who knows how they got them, but there they are, clearly show that Donald Trump received in today's dollars at least $413 million from his father starting when he was in diapers and continuing to this day his father's work, his father's estate, still throwing money off to Donald and his siblings. So he says his father gave him a million dollar loan which he paid back with interest when in reality 413 million and who knows maybe more. Trump's parents transferred well over $1 billion to their children. And the tax rate on that kind of money at that time would have meant they should have paid the feds $550 million their tax bill would have been half a billion dollars. Do you think they paid that? <laughs> uh, no. They were supposed to pay at a rate of 55%, which was then what the rate was for that kind of wealth. And um, they paid 5%. You want to know how you get rich? That's how you get rich. Tax evasion. Money laundering. Playing fast and loose. And let me also tell you 
that the tax code, which of course is promulgated in in the Congress of the United States, and we now know the Congress is uh, does the work of the wealthy, that that tax code is meant to give the wealthy tons of little, we always call them loopholes, little things that can be manipulated and not be illegal. They should be illegal. They sure as hell ain't ethical. But you know what? Everybody does them. Everybody with all this kind of money does this because they can and because the IRS looks the other way. IRS goes after people like you. Doesn't take much to go after people like you. It takes a battalion of attorneys and accountants to go after rich people. So this tells you something about how the system is set up to keep you paying way over your fair share and to keep the rich from having to pay anywhere near their fair share. Let's be very clear about that. Of course, uh, Trump's lawyers, having read this piece, have called it 100% false. (laughs) Well, with that kind of certitude, we know right now that that's 100% untrue. Yeah, so it says here, by age three, little Donnie was earning $200,000 a year. This is how the rich uh, keep their money. Uh, He was a millionaire by age eight. So, I mean, any any sense of this being a self-made man (laughs) is ludicrous. He couldn't be a self-made man. It's not his fault he couldn't be self-made. He happened to be born to an extraordinarily successful and rich man who, by the way, barely gave a penny to charity and wanted all that money to be kept in the family and for his children. So by the time he was 17, uh, Donald Trump had been given by his father uh, part ownership in in an apartment uh, building and uh, soon after he graduated from college, he, he was receiving yearly from the proceeds of his part ownership in the building and all the other stuff his father was giving him over a million dollars a year. So <laughs> he's a millionaire by the time he's eight, and the millions just keep coming year after year after year with the money increasing to easily about $5 million a year Donald Trump is getting all the way into his 50s from his daddy. 
five million a year. The fact that Trump, on so many occasions, took Daddy's money and put it into stuff that went belly up, like all the casinos, dealt engage in fraudulent kinds of operations like Trump University. I mean, which he ended up having to pay a ton of money, right, to the people he defrauded with that. This is a guy who just never had to suffer the consequences of his inability to be a good business man. There was always daddy to the rescue, and daddy's money he was squandering. The New York Times uh, documented no fewer than 295 different streams of revenue, different ways, 295 ways that uh, Fred Trump, over five decades, used to funnel money to his son. And the most overt fraud, now this is what the New York Times flat out calls fraud, was a, a company that was set up. This is a company, believe me, that's, uh, you know, on paper. A company that was set up called All County Building Supply and Maintenance. That was formed in 1992, and its only purpose, apparently, was to be the purchasing agent for daddy's uh, buildings. Uh, anything the buildings needed, boilers, uh, cleaning supplies, all county building supply and maintenance did all that. And, supposedly, in fact, it did no such thing. All county maintenance was used to siphon millions of dollars <laughs> from Daddy Trump's empire by simply marking up purchases that were already made by Daddy's employees. So those millions, effectively what they ended up being, were untaxed gifts to his kids. And then Daddy Trump used these padded, fraudulent receipts from all county to justify rent increases for his thousands of tenants. Look at what we've had to spend here. These were all these bogus inflated receipts in which he was actually just putting in his children's pockets and then turning around and using that to get to to hike the rents on his uh, hapless tenants. You wonder why Trump has no morals, no sense of what 
ethical operation is or character. His daddy taught him. His daddy taught him. We have a call. Caller, go ahead. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Um, uh, you were talking about Trump. I, it's a little different, but he goes to these rallies, and he's always bragging about how much money he's spending on the military. I think he says $700 billion. The, the most, you know. Now, when a president brags about spending on a military, to me, that's just saying you have failed foreign policy because you've got to put the money into the military to do your foreign policy. So to me, I, I don't know. I can't see saying that. Well, he's doing it because it's, it's, it's what his uh, base wants to hear. They, are, uh, they get off on anything that to them is macho patriotic, and that means more tanks, more bombs, more... Uh, that's what that's about. And it's the invasion of these countries we go into <laughs> that they use all this equipment, which keeps the big corporations that have money involved in it rich. So it benefits the rich again. And then another thing he talked, they talk about the Republicans about entitlements, how now they gave the tax cut and they want to take money from entitlements. Well, there's a simple solution to the entitlement program. It's really simple. All you got to do is raise the cap on what you, you're taking. After what is 140000 they quit taking it? You pay into it? I forget. But all you got to do is raise the cap that they'll come up with some stupid-ass formula, raise the age and all that bullshit, which they've proven it doesn't really affect it that much. We're raising the cap on it would have... The problem be solved. That'd be it. It'd be good for another, I don't know how many decades, they said. But it's the same BS stories they keep telling. In the military, if we wouldn't quit getting involved overseas, we wouldn't have to spend so damn much. But there's people making money on all this, so that's what they like. They like to keep us involved over there, and they like to steal off the poor. And that's just what they're going to keep on doing when you've got this idiot in there. And these people that rely on these programs vote for them people. That's what I just cannot get, and I never will. They're just stupid. Yeah, I, that was a word that was uh, floating around in my head. Unfortunately, they're stupid. And they're proudly stupid. Yes. I, yes. Yeah, I mean, and I, all you know. they raise that, wave that flag in their gun, they're all happy. And, you know, they, they can do away with uh, abortions and telling people what to do with their body. It, it just it just amazed me how they believe. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. I hear you. Thank Hopefully you. Hopefully this November we're going to, you know, soothe it over a little bit. Let's hope. Get them out okay. to vote. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. By, by the way, little Tony, who still can't believe it, has just emailed the caller is coming through loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a long time coming, but man, guys, we got a fix. Okay, so yeah, this is, um, you know, if you read it, I've told it's 12,000 pages. It's this and this, and I mean, this is the paper today. That's all of it, and uh, complete with all kinds of, um, it reads pretty well. I mean, you know, for, my eyes were blurring over just a few times. Um, they're grifters. <laughs> they're just fucking grifters. 
here's the uh, one of the last paragraphs where they want to make clear the more than 100,000 pages of records obtained during this investigation make it possible to sweep away decades of misinformation and arrive at a clear understanding about the source of President Trump's wealth, his father. This is no self-made man. And they go on to say, here is what can be said with certainty. Had Mr. Trump done nothing with the money his father kept showering on him, but rather just invest it in, let's say, an index fund that would have tracked the Standard & Poor's 500, that money his daddy gave him would be worth $2 billion today. billion dollars he says he's worth yep what uh, I don't know 10 billion or something he's worth they think I think Bloomberg tried to figure it out it's hard to figure because you know you're not getting uh, the proper information but he's worth about two and a half billion And a lot of the money he ended up making himself was based on this lie of creating this mythology about himself, uh, creating this brand that was Donald Trump, and then selling that. That is what he did do. I'll give him that. That was the one twist. His father was somebody who didn't want his name in the paper, didn't want anything, blah, 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 just did the hard work. I also want to remind you that his father uh, went to a KKK rally and was a racist, despicable son of a bitch, okay? Just, just saying. Um, so the American people fell for this con man. You know, I, I was thinking of the, the Wizard of Oz again today because that's what he, I guess they, they fell for him like, yeah, the people of Oz fell for the wizard. And remember who the wizard was at the beginning of the story. He was just a snake oil salesman. And it's the same kind of thing. But if you have a little song and dance and you keep things, you have a little patter, you have a story to tell, you keep the masses happy, you entertain them, why look what you can do in this most shallow, unserious of societies. You can be President of the United States, lending credence to that little piece of mythology that we all grew up with was anybody can aspire to be the president of the... Anybody can do it. And Donald Trump proved you didn't even have to be born in a log cabin. You just had to have that creation story, a gift for gab, and not care about whether or not you were telling the truth ever.
New York Times says this in his 1987 memoir, The Art of the Deal, which he didn't write one word of. I want to be clear. In his 1987 memoir, The Art of the Deal, Trump famously offered his take on the origins of his success. Quote, I play to people's fantasies. People may not always think big themselves, but they can still get very excited by those people who do. That's why a little hyperbole never hurts. People want to believe that something is the biggest and the greatest and the most spectacular. I call it truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration and a very effective form of promotion. Okay, he didn't write that, but man, he signed off on it, and the guy who did write it spent hours and hours with him and sifted through everything he was saying and came up with that term, truthful hyperbole, which, of course, is an oxymoron. But it's gotten us where we are, where truth is no longer something you can assume people will believe. It's the truth. Yeah, so what? I got another truth over here. I'll take your truth and I'll raise you my hyperbole. An innocent form of exaggeration, he says. It's a lie. It's a lie. Everything about him, his story, everything is a lie. There's a reason why he can't open his mouth without lying. It's the basis of his success. And it says something about, and this is the scary part, it's the people who fell for it and continue to. The stubborn credulity of American people who their desire, their need to somehow believe what he's telling them despite the fact that <laughs> they're being bombarded with constant information that he's lying to you. That is not true. It is a lie. Their need to believe it trumps everything. Little Tony writes, do you think the New York Times article is going to matter to his supporters? No, of course not. Oh, of course not. It's just fake news. It's the New York Times. <laughs> 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 
No, they really feel. See, the, the people that vote for him have this sense that the game is rigged, that the thing is fixed. They just don't get that it's the Trumps of the world that are doing the rigging and the fixing for their benefit. That's that they would follow this man, of all men, who has no, no more sense of their lives, no more respect, really, for them. But he's a con. They like his vulgarity. Feels comfortable to him. There is a guy who's not one of those pretentious assholes who use all these big fucking words. He talks straight like we do. He doesn't talk down to us. He just talks straight. They recognize him. And because they don't have wealth themselves, some of these people, they don't know. They can't tell, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, a truly successful man and an honorable man from a con. They fall for the con because they're not worldly. They're not sophisticated. And then all they do is just hate people who might be sophisticated and worldly, who might say to them, guys, guys, really, he's taken you. <laughs> Please. Please, he's not going to help you. He's going to hurt you. But they won't hear it coming from me. On the way in, I made the mistake of turning on the blowhard AM talk station in town for a little bit. And there was an old lady, Mary from Johnstown who was talking about why she thought Trump was the bee's knees. And what she liked about him? Exactly what I just said. He doesn't act presidential. So he doesn't act presidential. So what? You mean you got to talk with big, big five-syllable words to be presidential? He talks straight. Look at all the things he's done, Mary said. That's where I turned it off. Couldn't imagine what she was going to come up with. Oh, dear. So there you have it. And also, uh, front page Wall Street Journal today. You know, you can't you can't keep up. He's a. I'll I'll tell you this. He works twenty four seven grifting. I mean, and and as because our Congress is not doing its job because the government is failing. Uh, the media is the only thing we got going. They keep digging and digging and digging and doing, and no matter what the Republicans do with Kavanaugh or anyone else. The truth will come out. And if they put Kavanaugh on that court and the truth comes out, 
after he's been seated. And if we vote and vote, not just this November, but every friggin' November for the rest of our lives, we can get, and it's going to take a lot of work given the way our Constitution has stacked the Senate. We get that Senate, we get the House, and we can impeach Justice Kavanaugh. Wall Street Journal points out that despite the fact that the president lied uh, to, through his teeth uh, about having nothing to do or no direct involvement in the attempt to shut up Stormy Daniels, uh, it is now quite clear he led the attempt. And that's front page Wall Street Journal today. Headline, President Led Push to silence porn star. You'll recall the very famous video on the pla on the Air Force One, I guess, where the reporters are saying, Mr. President, Mr. President, you know anything about this? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, you have to ask Michael Cohen. Uh, no. Never heard about that. Lead sentence, Wall Street Journal, not a left-wing rag President Trump personally directed an effort in February to stop Stormy Daniels from publicly describing an alleged sexual encounter with him. Eric Trump was part of the effort as well. Direct involvement of the president and his son in this effort has not previously been reported. Oh, the stuff that has not previously been reported. Mark writes, leave it to the lovely and talented Lindsey Graham. God, what a vile. He is really vile. Leave it to the lovely, I don't even know what you're going to say here, Mark. I'm just, you, you said Lindsey Graham, that's enough to send me off, uh, you know, bouncing off walls. Leave it to the lovely and talented Lindsey Graham to come to the rescue of, did you mean to say brat, Kavanaugh? <laughs> and get rid of the, of the lady protective shield. Just imagine if a female candidate had been crying, angry, rude, and evasive. The good old boys would have gone berserk, but it's okay for brat. The crazy thing is, is that I think if Trump pulled Bratt's nomination, the GOP could easily slide in a much worse person. Oh, man, there's a, they got stables full. Yeah. Well, I'm still going to assume that barring some f miracle, that uh, he's going to squeak on. And as I said yesterday, and I'll say, I, I feel with certainty that the court doesn't want him because he taints the court, and that ain't good for the institution. Ah, little Tony knows old Mary. You listen to that crap station, Tony. 
I've heard old Mary many times, he says. She's a nasty, bitter old witch. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't. I can't. Yeah, she was, uh, I, yeah. Do you remember the other day I told you that, you know, so much is happening that we're not paying any attention to because, well, because Donald Trump sucks all the air out of the universe, it seems. He sure one-upped his daddy, didn't he? He will be known till the end of time. Sort of like Nero, you know? Like, you know, the bad guys. You have to be an exceptionally bad guy or an exceptionally good guy to, you know, historically be remembered for centuries. He's pulled it off. Hope he's proud. I told you the other day that uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, even though they, you know, kicked, had to, Scott Pruitt out, they've got an, a guy who's every bit as bad and actually worse because he doesn't draw attention to the EPA. So now they quietly are just unraveling everything that that agency ever did, lowering every level of every contaminant, pollutant, pesticide that you can think of, every noxious chemical that the corporations want to be able to use whenever they damn well please. Uh, they're lifting everything. So just want to give you one more. I told you, I think, last week that they got rid of the science advisor, which was a high-up position. Uh, they just they totally kicked the science advisor of the EPA out so that that, that office in the EPA was to uh, make sure that everything the EPA did <laughs> was based on, you know, good scientific fact. Well, we can't have any of that. So they not they they didn't just put a stooge in the office. They got rid of the entire office and threw the scientist who headed it out. Now you know what they've done. It's unclear what's happened to this woman, but she is a distinguished pediatrician, an epidemiologist who has headed the EPA's Office of Children's Health Protection. Dr. Ruth Etzel. She has been put on leave. And the EPA has offered no explanation whatsoever as to why all of a sudden the woman who oversees the EPA's office to make sure children aren't going to be poisoned has been shown the door. There's two possibilities. They're going to do to her office what they did to the scientist's office. They're just going to shutter it. Uh, by the way, that office has argued constantly for tougher regulations <laughs> on contaminants and industrial pollutants. Um, uh, and also, uh, if they hadn't got rid of the science advisor, 
and now it appears this woman, um, there won't be anyone there left to tell them, hey, guys, children, children are much more susceptible to dire consequences from exposure to toxic chemicals, pesticides, even before they're born, so that pregnant women are constantly warned to avoid certain things, right? Because their unborn children are so vulnerable already. Children are uniquely sensitive to these kinds of chemical assaults. And they have to be afforded special protections, which is something our government understood when it created this Office of Children's Health Protection in 1997. Exposure to chemicals is linked to so many pediatric diseases, bad outcomes, disabilities, dyslexia, autism, breathing problems, reproductive problems, stillbirth, brain damage, you name it. And Donald Trump's EPA appears now, having already gotten the distinguished pediatrician and epidemiologist who's headed this Protect Children's Health has gotten her out of the EPA. It's scientists, chief scientists, gone last week. And now the woman who heads the Office of Children's Health Protection. This is how vile these people are. You, this, there it is, encapsulated, encapsulated. The fact that they've pushed this woman aside means that the chemical industry is going to benefit. The chemical industry is going to make <laughs> more money and as for our children the chances of them being harmed greatly increase vile I don't I I don't know how else to put it put a sign up in your window act 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 do, do, do stuff uh, they're 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 putting phone banks together all over the place find out where and do something you will feel better I am telling you I know it Okay, thank you. So good to hear your voices again. I cannot tell you 
Thank you. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.